Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. And we're velvet. It's easy. Anyone can see. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the year of our Lord, 2001. Space Odyssey. Yeah, thank you. I can still do that gag for a couple more weeks. Uh, good, until someone strangles you. <laughs> it's the 29th of November of that same oddity. Blue, If You Come Back, is a song by English boy band Blue. <laughs> Don't it's not good. just Matthew saying, if, if you return, I'll be upset. If you come Blue, back. Blue, if you come back. If you come back. If you do not come back, no one will blame you. Uh, is the number one song in the UK right now? I had to go back and listen to this just before uh, Tom was lyrics, doing his coke. The lyrics are doing, um, they're, they're, they're impossible to keep up. I swear, if you come back in my life, I'll be there till the end of time. But you won't, though. Is how Brits say, you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, look, if you come back... Sorry, like, mate. Like, I, I promise I won't leave again. I won't do anything wrong again. Sorry about saying you... Kim Penders did nothing wrong. <laughs> Ken Penders did nothing wrong. Kim Penders? What the fuck's Kim Penders? <laughs> it's his alter ego. Sorry. Uh, it's a song I listen to. Customs. It's a song I listen to before <laughs> this. And I don't remember the lyrics. I just remember the noises because it's that period of boy band music where they're not, instead of going... Uh, like, would you back? Would you ride back now? It's uh, baby. Oh yeah. Unnecessary warbling. Yeah, it's one of those. Mm. One of those. Uh, what are they called? The oh leaf, pheromone. Leaf. No, you get the thing and you yeah. put your hand over it. And it makes those. It's called a, pher- a pheromone. Is what you release to attract people. Yeah. Um, I mean, in some ways, that is a pheromone if it's attracting women. Yeah, you know what I mean. Bill Bailey's got one. Uh, whatever. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is still number two, and they're still calling it the Sorcerer's Stone in America because they're silly buggers. Uh, and even worse for the America, not only are they dumb, Lennox Lewis has recaptured the heavyweight title, avenging his loss against Hashim Rahman by fourth round knockout. This is one of these. Whoa. Oh my God, Hashim Rahman! Like he sparked out Lennox Lewis. That's insane. He must be the next big. Th- All right, Lewis is regained the title, and uh, okay. <laughs> it was a fluke win. Yes, uh, the Independent Television Commission is investigating Dwight Smith's Christmas advertising campaign, featuring a family of fat people from Newcastle upon Tyne <laughs> after criticism and complaints that is offensive to Geordies. I remember this. Mm. My dad hated it. What was the advert? It was bloody Nicholas Lindhurst. 
um, cosplaying as different members of this family, like Eddie Murphy and Nutty Professor, going like the. I remember one that the man came in with like a slew of food and mince pies and Christmas treats, and then big fat Nicholas Lindhurst with the pillow there and the black and white stripes and you know the black eye from punching his dog, uh, <laughs> punching him of his weight. Came in and saw the the spread and went, "Oh, that's great, Indian pet man!" Like. What's everybody else having? Because uh, he's fat. Cause, fat! <laughs> he's fat! So, Sorry for headphone listeners. So it was seen as a... It was, so it's good that we've been, you know, snowflakes for longer than the last couple of years. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that, you Midlands fence-sitting. Oh, we are always the... We are <laughs> We are literally the Midlands. We sit on the fence. We're always the butt of the jokes. It's nice to have someone else have a go. No one knows who you are. We're clever, we are. Like, we're always See, the... that's funny, Tom. There's nothing that's wrong with that. Fun. What's everybody else having? I would have laughed at that. <laughs> I would have dismissed the complaints. <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Who'd have thought that all these years later, both, like, out of, out of all those things featured in that advert, uh, obesity... W.A. Smith and Nicholas Lindhurst all still going. <laughs> I'll be still making a comeback. Rather like blue. <laughs> ITV dismisses media report that his dilemma-based quiz show, Shafted, has been axed after three episodes. The program, aired in the Monday night ITV on schedule, is replaced by that little-known show, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh. Because it was affecting audience figures for the drama Cold Feet, which goes out afterwards. But an ITV spokeswoman says the show will return for, for an uninterrupted run in the channel's winter schedule. The show did not return, however, and in 06 was included as one of the worst British TV shows of the 2000s in the Penguin TV Companion. This, if you do remember it, if you do remember it, I'll be very impressed. I remember it, a lot of people do, when Have I Got News Fee would take the piss out of it. That one clip of Kilroy, mm. presenter, going... The, the people in the show, because Kilroy has some of the weirdest speech patterns I've ever heard in a human being. He sounds like the blue lyrics. Um, the people in the show need to know whether to share or to shaft. And he would do the movement with his hand, which it, Paul Merton really appreciated. Something about, something about Robert Kilroy still looking straight down the camera, clenching his fist and saying shaft, uh, it just causes all arseholes to pucker. Yes, I think this was thought by millions of people. I love the fact that a show was so bad that it wasn't just affecting the ratings for that show. People weren't showing up to watch Cold Feet. So James Nesbitt, Scotland's favourite son, James Nesbitt, yes. wasn't getting a look in. So you could he say. was getting shafted. Shafted McNasty! Whoa! He's done it! He's done it! He's done it! Whoa! For people listening Whoa! on the earphones, Tom is doing that thing that he's been told not to do, hey! where he gallivants around the studio like the Undertaker's bike. <laughs> But unlike the Undertaker's bike, we know it's coming so they could move the steps and stuff out of the way. Tom insists on hitting as many of the very expensive <laughs> professional studio lights as possible, as if it was some sort of mini-game. It is a mini-game. I have to tap A every time I come near a cable. Every light is another warning from Pachidi. <laughs> but Tom is treating them like jiggies in Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm written warning-y. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pachidi. Tori, 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 Tori. 
Uh, anyway, ITV McNasty, ITV you. signs a five hundred thousand pound deal with Disneyland Paris to sponsor the broadcaster's New Year programming. Ooh. I don't understand that. What programming was Disneyland Paris putting out? No, it wasn't. So basically, it means that you have the bumpers in and after the in in into the breaks and out of the breaks, which is like sponsored by Disneyland Paris. The way that's worded is horrible. Mm. ITV signs it to sponsor to sponsor the bro. So basically, like, that's worded pish. It'd, Hang be, on. it'd be like Christmas with Disneyland Paris and ITV. Good God, you're right, and that's so bloody obvious. But yeah. the way that's bloody written, I thought ITV want to sponsor in Disneyland Paris. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Can't play shafted. Zero shaft. No, don't actually see the ratings. Zero <laughs> shaft. Oh, what are you having? Picture you watch Emmerdale. <laughs> What's Nicholas Linders doing over there? Being no, fat? don't, don't, no, don't. Why look is Mickey Mouse a Geordie? Yeah, don't look at it. So it's just easier. <laughs> I know two voices, and here they both are. <laughs> Mickey Mouse it's endorses Epcot Centre. <laughs> and also, uh, what else is there? It's, it's Pup- a small world <laughs> and Emmerdale Farm. Puppet Jack is a Disney princess. In the cold light of day, Kathy begins to realise the serious consequences of bringing her niece, <laughs> uh, what were the, what were Donald's, Huey, Huey, back to Britain without her mother's permission. Kathy seeks advice from a solicitor, played by Goofy the dog. <laughs> she admits that she suspected that Alice has been mistreated, and her hopes are dealt a massive blow when the solicitor yeah. tells her that without proof of abuse, Kathy, played by, uh, what's the boss called in all the Mickey games? He's Goofy's nearby in that Goofy mate movie. Pete. Pete! Kathy, played by Pete, <laughs> could face charges of child abduction. Oh, no. Well, you shouldn't have hired me as your solicitor. <laughs> I took a shit on the papers. Oh, no. <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> I killed him. It's me, the judge, Ludwig van der Eck. What's going on? I'm the judge. It's way easier than doing a Donald the Duck impression. <laughs> It's not a bad little big down drug impression if you did references from the se- 70 years ago. Anyway, yeah, that uh, puts a bunch of bollocks together. Um, big game this week is Twisted Metal Small Brawl. Not quite a big game. I imagine it sounds like it's a handheld version of Twisted Metal. It's sadly not. It's uh. the PS1, which I guess with the small brawl emphasis on, you know, mum's poor. So It's a small brawl after all. It's a small brawl after all, right next to Coronation Street Land. <laughs> ITV One sponsors Nicholas Lindhurst's blatant racism. <laughs> racism against the Jordans. Yeah, and I only bring up Twisted Metal because the TV series is coming out soon. Yes. It features the body of Small Joe, and it looks wank. It does look a bit shit. Speaking of which, Leeds United. Despite his popularity Ooh. with Liverpool fans who refer to Fowler, that's Robbie Fowler, that is. I'll put his first name there because I'm a peasant. As God, Michael Owen and Emil Heskey have established themselves as Liverpool's regular strike partnership, leaving Fowler on the fringes of the first team. This, alongside his difficult relationship with manager Julier, made him seek regular first team away from Anfield in the form of a 12 minute move to Leeds United. Fowler maintains that Julier forced him out of Liverpool, accused Julier of pressuring the Liverpool Echo to use its influence to turn opinion against him. Uh, oh. The transfer went ahead just one month after his hat-trick at Leicester. He made his Leeds debut in a way game against Fulham this week, the same ground where he had made his Liverpool debut eight years ago. So get stuff. It's already bad when, so you're, the when echo. It, it's a, a football team gets rid of somebody and they immediately impress. Mm. That's, that's the worst opportunity, isn't it? But the echo went, oh, he's rubbish anyway, to matter. Of course they did, yeah. yeah. I, and then um, they said, they paused, and, and then he heard it quieter, saying, he's rubbish anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the echo. Uh... <laughs> I'm an idiot! 
You're it, an idiot. Issue 221 of Sonic the Comics. Incidentally, before you go any further, I once tried to convince uh, a, a young child uh, who... Um, it was my, my 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 friend's son that it was called Anfield because they oh. got their definite articles from. <laughs> it's Anfield. <laughs> you laughing at that? An- the way you're laughing at it is Anfield, funny. <laughs> not Afield. It's Anfield. Tom is laughing at this joke like he's watching the best of Tommy Cooper for it the is, first time. Mate, it is the best so of Tommy Tom. Cooper. It's the best of Tommy Cooper. That's a good gag, that is. Like, I get it. Anfield. <laughs> See Tom turn pink. Anfield. <laughs> In an comic. <laughs> two, two, one, featuring five reprinted stories. It's Sonic the comic. Which is, yes, which is uh, as many reprinted jokes as you're going to hear in this uh, episode of the podcast. Anfield, there's another Sonic's one. The, Sonic the Hedgehog, Flicky's Island, part two. Super Sonic and the Hunted, part two. Double Sonic, Fan Friction. What? <laughs> and of course, the Echidna, Reflections. Which makes him sound like it's a solo album. <laughs> and Sonic's World, Deception. The only deception about these bloody things is trying to print off an entire comic of reprint as a new one. Uh, we are two issues until the very end, mate. The, oh, what a shame. It's the end of an era. But they're funny because you mentioned the, the Knuckles uh, comic strip there, Reflections. And the wonderful thing about the Sonic comics, and I will give a little, and we haven't really mentioned this part, is that, so you had like such a wide spectrum of styles of writing, and you always had, for a long time, you had these Knuckles comic strips that were wonderfully drawn by the late Nigel Dobbin. And they were like pastiches of films like The Wicker Man. And, mm. and it, was all, it was all to do with like the, the duality of man and the, the mental war and the mental fights in your brain and meeting new people along the way. And it was all written in a very adult, contemporary way. And then you'd have Sonic's World, which is, My name is Doodoo. I'm the Doodoo robot. Burp-a-doo. Welcome to Egg Zone. Smashing. <laughs> it was such a, such a trip, the Sonic the Comic, mm. wasn't it? You're right, I remember very fondly the double header of Knuckles goes to the elephant graveyard to see the the ghosts mm. of the monsters that used to live there before the Echidna tribe yeah. wiped them out, rather like the orcas that are taken on ships in real life's life. And then you turn the page and it was Sonic takes on a potato. <laughs> Which sounds like a much better lineup than we have today. On this episode <laughs> of the Cult Dollar Classic Smackdown Review, where we talk about SmackDown occasionally. You're listening to Dulcet Tones of myself, Matthew, and the lovely, loud voice and shirt of Mr. Tom Campbell. How the hell are you doing, Tom? Oh, it's boiling hot, so I am finally broke out the summer attire. I feel better for it. Yes. I'm averaging, like, there's a, there's a, there's a special sense of heightened mania uh, in the past week or so because I've, put, I've paired back on a lot of work because I knew I was doing too much. So I've paired back on a lot of work and I've had weekends off. Tom says this every time he but commits no, himself to three But I, I have, I've got no work for weekends. Um, I've got really no, no, no radio work for the next like three weekends. Oh, I good. made a point to do that and, and annoy people in the process. Um, but uh, obviously there's always other stuff that comes up, but I'm making a point to do less and I'm doing really well at that. But at the same time, it's so fucking hot in our place that I'm getting about three hours sleep a night. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. I, I, you know, I think we've, we've wanked on enough about like the difference between being hot in the UK and hot in America, but like our place gets really hot. I've bought a new fan to try and help matters, and it is a little bit, but whew, starting it. I mean, how are you more importantly? I'm pretty all right. I'm fighting my body. 
Or was like, you are, like, you were telling like me this a, earlier. Like Wonderboy when he gets bitten in the hand. It's like, you know, I'm right now, I'm in a good mood. Been uh, attending picnics, enjoying the rain, enjoying goth lasses. And uh, yeah, put on the podcast. Who gives a shit? Who cares yeah. about wrestling? Yes, all, this, all this podcast serves is to appease our egos. Um, and just, yeah, kicking ass. But still, my body is like, no, you must mm. be stressed and worried about something. And I'm like, I'm aware of that, but you can fuck off for a bit. <laughs> and I, like now that we are dressing in our summer casual clothes, we are like Donald Duck when they did Quack Attack. <laughs> yeah! They went, they went, hmm... The sailor outfit's a bit antiqued. Um, how can make him look cool and 90s and with it? Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian shirts. So, Tom, do we have any emails to read? We do. Hi, Nico from Berlin, Germany. Oh. Just listened to episode 119 Hello. of the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review. Oh, you talked one. about Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone and how Americans got a different version. Every time in a scene Philosopher's Stone got mentioned, they redid the scene with Sorcerer's Stone for the I Americans. Wondered, I wondered if they did that. It went to the point in the latter part of the film in a scene where Harry or Hermione, I can't remember, read a book which was a highly detailed prop made for the film, but they say there's also two versions. What a high effort to please the American market. Uh, if you wonder where I got that fun fact from, I highly recommend Five Minuten Harry Podcast, which is the Five Minutes Harry Podcast in English, uh, produced by German YouTuber Cold Mirror. Uh, she covers five minutes of the movie at a time, analyzes each scene with high detail, and gives fun facts to things she comes across. Worth it, giving it a listen. It's on Spotify and YouTube in German. If it's all in German, I might struggle, but I appreciate the effort and the plug. But obviously, if for our uh, disconcerting uh, Deutsch friends out there, uh, Freunde, uh, do check that one out. Oh, danke schön. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the classic reviews, content and reactions. Did, I wonder if they kept that then, because it, it's referenced in later films, but... Mm, I don't know. No, that's not something I'm going to put the effort into looking at, but I'd like someone to tell me. Thank you for emailing. Kaplunk, bang, bang, lads. <laughs> Oh, it's Mick Foley. What do you want? Uh, congrats on getting through the invasion angle. It was a truly daunting task. Yeah. Rather than asking for what every podcast under the sun has done in fantasy booking for the entire angle, which we won't do, I ask this. Trade one wrestler and one tag team from the Alliance and vice versa. Uh, Mr. Fretz. Hello, sir. Mr. Fretz offers us Chris Jericho to the Alliance. While he never joined, it made sense to put him there. And the impact players to WWE. So, hmm. uh, I'd have Test stay in WWF. Yeah. I think he could have been a big babyface bollocks. Because what better way to make someone a babyface right then than just kicking, I don't know, the likes of Hugh Morris, Tommy Dreamer, who's doing nothing. Um, yeah. Run him a boot. Get fucked. <laughs> that would have been good. Just like, I'm evil now. I'm joined WCW. Ha 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 ha. It's like, oh, all right. Uh, and who would I have traded? Do, 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 do. What other tag teams were there? They all got fucking killed. Gronic, Gronic, Gronic. <laughs> Palumbo and O'Hare in the early days. Traded them for a copy of Twisted Metal Small Brawl. <laughs> Kai and Ty joined the Alliance. <laughs> we told yes. you we were evil. <laughs> but it's classed as uh, as the Alliance of WCW, ECW, and Michinoku Pro. <laughs> yes. Yes, I like that, actually. There you go. That's how you do it. That's your plan. And it goes, they try to go into it. It goes, I am Michinoku. And Funaki goes, and I am pro. <laughs> We've just heard that Linda McMahon has bought Michinoku Pro. 
So Linda will get all the promos from Michinoku Pro, and they've just... And they've just... What is the fate? The fate of Michinoku Pro. <laughs> the fate of Michinoku Pro is in Linda's... The roster, the very roster, is in Linda's hands. Granite. <laughs> I was like, oh, Joe. By God, Linda McMahon with Gran Hamada. <laughs> crab dude comes out. Oh, by God. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Looks wooden and he can't... Uh, Looks wooden, can't speak English very well, doesn't understand what they're doing. And also, Gran Hamada is there. <laughs> yes. It's a, da, da, da. it's a Tom Campbell Fantastic. classic. I'm yes. a big fan of that. Gran Hamada, a big, big hit with the fans. Right, okay. So your idea already wins, but for just for balance, I will offer Undertaker to WCW to play Mean Mark Callis. <laughs> Oh, he reverts back. Yeah, he reverts okay. back. I think they should have done more of that with people joining the alliance. They revert back to their initial, their earlier forms. Uh, Steve Austin joins and his hair grows back. Yes, and then I'd have Sean Stasiak leave the alliance to join WWF as the commissioner of the women's division, <laughs> as the meat man of the women's division. But guys, it's me, meat. People are like what? <laughs> I'm from Planet Meat. <laughs> Aren't we all though? Aren't we all though? Also, also, where would Benoit and Triple H be had they not been injured? Uh, wrestling, not in hospital. Dumb shit answer. I love that. A dog shit question, Mr. Fred. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, Ben Benoit oh. would have definitely jumped the alliance. Yeah. Defo put Benoit on the alliance. Side yeah. Of Triple H would have beaten everybody. Triple H would have just basically SmackDown would have ended every week with Triple H just doing one pedigree that, that everybody bumps for in the alliance. <laughs> it's like an earthquake effect. But think about it, because he was he was so fucking big when he came back. Like presumably if he was wrestling and doing that, he'd be even bigger. Like he fucking, he was walking around like he was, you'll see in a couple of months, he walks around like he's neck deep in toffee in 2002. It may be even yeah. worse if he'd started earlier. He looks like the rhino from Spider-Man, but without the suit. <laughs> <laughs> he looks suit. like that meme you, that I've seen you use of the swole doge. <laughs> <laughs> That's Triple H in 2002. Just this, just this painfully looking swole doge. It was quadruple H when he came back. <laughs> That's a quad for short. Uh-huh. Right, so thanks for your emails. Classic at cultaholic.com. Do send more. Always nice to read them. Just some news for this week. No, no, that's out the way. What's happening with the XWF? <laughs> well, mate, I've got, X- I've got a whole section Yay. here labelled XWF bollocks, which we will get to as you have your five-hour energy drink. Currently. No, no, it's a fresh root ginger. I'm just drinking this for my throat. Oh, okay. Is your throat bad? Uh, I did a nice sweaty walk to walk to work. A walk to walk? Walk to walk. Why are those words so similar? It's walk very if you walk, even like if you can, just talk the talk. But oh, I hear a call. I am a chicken from the kitchen. Um, ten points if you know what that is from. Okay, let's talk news. Just the thing about that's from, aren't you? What is it? Parappa the rapper. Damn it! It's the it's the level where they're yeah. all queuing for the loo. Yeah. I need to go just as bad as you. Punch kick. I need to piss. <laughs> Check, That's... and turn, and signal to the right. I need a piss. That's basically that song. <laughs> ribbit, ribbit, I can't hold it. The last one that I had, I've already sold it. Imagine being such a good salesman that you sell your own toilet. 
What a guy. Anyway, wrestling news from The Observer this week. The World Wrestling Federation have set a target date for the inaugural brand split. The plan is to split into two supposed rival promotions. Uh, This time, they're looking to launch this brand split on the 7th of January on Raw, live from Madison Square Garden. Many of the reasons for splitting have already been squandered with the destruction of the brand name of WCW as well as whatever potential the brand name ECW could have had. This is from The Observer. Now, the plan seems to be two different companies, one getting Raw, the other getting SmackDown. One led by The Rock, the other led by Steve Austin. One owned by Vince McMahon, one owned by Ric Flair. And a draft for everybody else. There is talk of some talent working both shows, which immediately kills any distinction between the two. That would be a rubbish idea. The long-term idea is that one group would run house shows on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and then do live Raw on Monday, and then take the rest of the week off. The other group would tour with SmackDown on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, with obviously SmackDown Live on the Thursday. Now... Some developmental wrestlers, as well as WWF guys we haven't seen in a while, like Val Venus, D'Lo Brown, and The Good Father, uh, looking to be called back to add to the roster. Because whilst there's a lot of people on there, once you split it down the middle, it does thin it out a little bit. So we're going to see some faces making their returns and some debuts in the forthcoming weeks and months. The battle plan isn't still isn't strong going in, and they aren't lucky uh, if they are. Uh, but if the battle plan isn't strong going in, start again. They aren't going to look into success booking on the fly. So this is Dave saying that they've got to have very clear directions to what both of these brands are going to be. They kind of do have one from what we will see. There's, I don't know whether they stumble across it or whether it was a long-term plan. We'll see. Now, probably starting after WrestleMania, the plan is to have two pay-per-views a month. <laughs> Most of the reaction to this is negative, with the idea that people will barely spend $60 on one pay-per-view for the WF currently, let alone two. Uh, thankfully, we don't get that until maybe 2004. And after a while, they just go, this is an awful business model. Let's not do this. Yeah, 04 is when they had three pay-per-views in the space of one month. I think just the way it worked, it was, yeah. So I think we will. they will figure out a plan for this. Um, but yeah, brand split on the horizon. Somebody's going to get the brand split. <laughs> Ken Penders right in his dog shit. <laughs> oh, poor Ken getting a kick in again. Uh, the day before SmackDown aired this week, uh, there were WWF talent working the Yokozuna Memorial Show in Allentown, Pennsylvania. A thousand fans turned up to pay their tributes. The show started and ended with Yokozuna's uncle Afa uh, bringing the wrestlers to the ring for a tribute, ten bell salute, and applause. Uh, his wife and children were also there, along with Afa, Leah Mayavia. Uh, who was the former Hawaii promoter, The Rock's grandmother. Uh, Ata Johnson, The Rock's mother. Ata, sorry, Ata Johnson. Uh, Seeker was there. Many of the family members. The Rock was not there. Uh, for Obviously, you know, his schedule is getting quite busy now. Uh, Rikishi had his first match back. He teamed with Samu uh, to face the Hit Squad in the main event. We all saw The Undertaker and Kane beating the APA. That's a real, that's, that's a two polarizing batteries, isn't it? I'm going to beat you quick. No, I'm going to beat you quick. And Kane's like, I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) Uh, Canyon was there on crutches. He agreed to do the show months before blowing out his knee. And he turned up on his crutches, bless him. Uh, Billy Kidman, the Island Boys were there as well. Um, We'll see them soon. Uh, Shannon Moore, Jamie Noble, Loki, Matt Bourne, the Tonga Kid. Uh, uh, Reports were that the indie guys totally outworked the big stars. uh, Because, you know, they're looking to get seen. Undertaker and Kane and the APA are just going to take it easy for a night. Uh, yes. 
Uh, Jim Ross has a meeting next month with Rey Mysterio Jr. In fact, it looks as if Rey has been extended an invite to vengeance. Not to compete, but just like, come meet people, come have a look around. Let's talk and see where we're at. And Ray's uh, like, oh boy, I can't wait to meet Triple H. He's my favorite. <laughs> He's on the posters. Yeah. He surely must be there. Right. I know why you're here. XWF bollocks. <clears throat> They've announced house shows for the XWF. Uh, Hammond, uh, Il- Indiana, on the 28th of December. Uh-huh. Milwaukee on the 29th. Uh-huh. Green Bay, Wisconsin on the 30th of December. Tickets were put on sale this weekend. And this is a quote from The Observer. Tickets were put on sale this weekend and the cruel reality hit. They sold less than 400 tickets to Hammond and less than 250 tickets to Milwaukee. And it's considering the nature of modern ticket buying where most of the tickets are sold the first day they're put on sale. There is no upside to running these dates. Isn't these, aren't these numbers somewhat similar to some of the AEW collision numbers? Parts of Canada. Yeah, because yeah, they uh, went really over the top with all the Canadian dates and mm. did too much at once. Uh, but AEW have the benefit of lots and lots of TV and a lot of presence. The XWF hasn't happened yet, has it? It doesn't nope. have a TV deal. It has no TV deal. Yeah. So they just kind of put out, come see your favorite wrestlers for XWF. Come what see is? the star of All Star over in England. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mean English people? No, we mean the likes of Marty Jannetty <laughs> and Nikolai Volkov and whoever the fuck they could get. The artist probably known as Nails. Um, they're attempting to get The Crusher, a.k.a. Reggie Lazowski, to do uh, the show in Milwaukee. A massive star in the Midwest was The Crusher. Oh, the original Roll Crusher. the barrel. Yeah. That's him, yeah. He, Wait, how old is he? God, well, well he, he popped up in 1998. For a WWF pay-per-view. Yes. And got a bigger pop than Austin. Yes. So there's yes. a method to the madness here of bringing out a crusher, chomping a cigar, pop some people on the head, probably beat Buff Bagwell for a laugh. No, Buff Bagwell, no job, no I'm, job. I'm, I'm not, losing to, not losing to a massive star. Uh, those with a wrestling background, says Dave Meltzer, seem to be dreading the house show tour because they recognise it's too early and what a flop tour will do for the enthusiasm of the backers doesn't bear thinking about. But the guys who put up the money seem to be under the impression that if they have a string of successful, successful house shows, it'll create a buzz on the new product, which they will carry going into the television convention in January in Las Vegas, where they're planning to go to sell the show. <laughs> So this is the the national uh, TV rights convention. So this right. is where like the great and the good of the television industry uh, all descend. You often get the WWE represented there. They'll send wrestlers yeah. there in gimmick and yeah, Kilroy and Shafted. Kilroy was there going Shafted, um, and you know they'll so XWF want to be sending people there to go. Anybody want to buy our show, please? We have some... Hulk Hogan, kind of, <laughs> maybe. We can't tell you that, though. Now I said that, sorry. <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper was on the Man Cow Show, the radio oh, show in God. Chicago, on the 30th of November. He was told, now, Piper, we need you to go in and plug XWF. Don't throw any shade at the WWF. Oh, just promote God. the XWF. Right. <laughs> Piper said the WWF is not wrestling. 
He says, Vince McMahon's ass-kissing club is terrible. He says, it's a sorry state of a WWF product. He says, WWF signs wrestlers to long-term contracts. And the wrestlers are afraid to stand up for themselves and take part in humiliating skits. It says, Sable was fired by the WWF because she refused to take her top off at a house show. Uh, this, actually, she quit and then sued the company. Yeah, um, Piper then said, oh, by the way, uh, me, Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart are doing a thing called the XWF. Yay! <laughs> I mean, trying to control Roddy Piper. <laughs> Could you go? He and... lives. <laughs> he he doesn't anymore. Oh. But oh. he, um, but when he did live, then uh, he was he was a difficult one to wrangle, shall we say? So interesting decision to send him on your press tour, but they did. Um, a little an addendum from last week. Remember we talked about all the tapings and we mentioned a guy called Vapor? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah. I just thought you might want to know. Uh, Vapor is uh, KG Sakoda, a.k.a. Ryan Sakoda, who will be part of Tajiri's faction in 2003. Oh, right. Remember Tajiri had that... that very, sort of very brief Yakuza thing mob, where Yakuza allegedly Tajiri had to come out and uh, go to Vince and go, can we not, like... They do not want to be imitated. Uh, it's not a thing we can do. It's fine. I pal. will be killed going back to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, pal. He's like, it's fine. Just use your samurai kicking techniques. <laughs> That's your wrestling news for the week. Let's throw it over to Matthew Gregg, who is going to talk us through the November 29th, 2001 episode of SmackDown. Oh, that's me. Uh, no satellite feed this week. <clears throat> oh, well, so just be normal bollocks. Abu. So everything that you hear, you can see on the network Peacock. <laughs> Earlier today, 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 Vince was talking to Flair, to Flair, to Flair. He can't spit the words out until he expositions that he's concerned that him and Austin are friends. Flair and Austin may be in cahoots. Also, there's a Regal versus Austin strap match tonight, which Vince doesn't like. Flair responds by yelling so loud he's barely eligible. Legible. Eligible. That's not right. <laughs> Shit. Is he getting a mortgage? Yes. <laughs> You're not allowed to speak. Do you you do not fit the criteria for the, the concept of speech. Barely legible. Barely legible. Legible. Mm. He was intelligible. You no, my say. writings are legible. Uh, Flair doesn't like that. Vince wants everyone to kiss his ass. Tough, says Vince, because there's going to be a third member to join the Kiss His Ass Club tonight. Oh, joy. And then they stared at each other for like an hour. No, no, no. Before that, Vince tells Flair, even you have to admit, that your partner oh, yeah. has a nice ass. And then Flair says, no, you are an ass. Woo. Oh, God, it was awful, wasn't it? The odd couple. So bad. And then the theme music for SmackDown hits. <laughs> you, you, can see, you can see they're walking this line with Flair. They're sort of halfway home between... The uh, the very sort of straight laced old flair of the nineties and the woo shut up fat boy flair and I don't know if I like it you know commit it's to just one. It's schizophrenic. You're right. Uh, yeah. Flair's not used to walking the line, especially when the police pull him out of the car and ask him to. <laughs> do it. Uh, Austin heads out. Wow, it's been a while since he's opened the show. Mm. He whipped. He whipped. Uh, he whipped Vince's butt on Raw. So it's a strap match tonight. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. We have a strap in the strap. Okay, cool. Austin tells the crowd. All the food he ordered tonight. I love this. I put this on Twitter because I just it made me laugh to myself. Where like the crowd are going wild chanting for Austin, lots of cheers. And the first thing he says is, 
I went to crack a barrel today. (laughs) I was like, in a million years, I could not have predicted those would be the first words out of Austin's mouth on this night. I went to crack a barrel today. And then as you were saying, sorry, he lists all the food he had at crack a barrel. He certainly does. And it's so weird because my idea of crack a barrel is you go there, everything's a barrel. It's like a bad Donkey Kong country stage. (laughs) And you eat crackers. (laughs) So he's there going, green beans. What? Corn on the cob. (laughs) What? It's like, oh, it's just a low-rent wooden Nando's. Just in my head, I'm just thinking of Matthew's Matthew's dystopic version of Cracker Barrel. Like an actual what? barrel. Walking. Giant round Hi. barrel. Table for one. Yeah, and you look across the restaurant. All these like people, thud, thud, people thud. sat on their own with a barrel open, just hands in eating. <laughs> yeah. Straight out of the just like dry, arid yeah, crackers. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sad Western music place. Would you like one barrel or two? I'm going to just handle the one barrel of crackers today, please. Here's your barrel of crackers. (laughs) Would you like any liquid? Yes, or I'll die. (laughs) No, if you can eat the whole barrel of crackers without any liquid, you get your picture on the wall. (laughs) Corpses. (laughs) Dried corpses, like mummified corpses. (laughs) (laughs) Like they've been walking through a fucking desert. They come in looking like Flare 83. They, they leave looking like Flare 2023. <laughs> you know that episode Why of... is he bleeding from the forehead? He needed something. <laughs> you know that he, Some liquid. He he ate a barrel full of crackers. He's dry, man. You know that episode of SpongeBob where he goes to Sandy's house and pretends he doesn't need water? Yeah. <laughs> I need it! That's what I thought. That, that's where the business deal comes from. Like... <laughs> A barrel of crackers is like 50 cents. Oh, boy. How much is like that small cup of what? $20. <laughs> They're going to have markups. They're yeah. going to have a markup. It's good enough for Steve Austin, the world champion. It's good enough <laughs> for me and you. Uh, I had um, I had, uh, I had grits from Cracker Barrel when I was in the States many years ago. Oh. I had, I had gr- biscuits and gravy and I had grits. Biscuits and gravy, by the way, were not digestives and bisto, as I was I hoping. <laughs> oh, when I went to America, I went to... I can't remember the name of it, but there. I hope the American can tell us. The gimmick was it was all cowboyish, but you were given free peanuts, and the ones with shells on. So the idea was you took the shells off, had the bits of peanut inside, dry peanut, and, and you threw the the nut stuff on the floor. Is it Lone Star, maybe. Yeah, sounds maybe. Might have been Lone sounds, Star. Yeah, yeah, and that's when classic alcoholic.com if you know. Yeah, but I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? It's like, oh, you're supposed to. I'm like. It doesn't say. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, put your peanuts on the floor. You disgusting ape of people. The problem is, like, I did that, and then when I came back, I just couldn't reacclimatize. So I'm just a, just a weather spoon <laughs> squirting ketchup on the carpet. It's like Thor with his cup. <laughs> ah, another. Another. Anyway, he eats his beans and corn on the carpet, his barrels of crackers. <laughs> and then he told the waitress to make it to go because he had to go to the Coliseum. The way he makes it sound, he orders a shitload of things and she goes away and comes back with it and goes, can you make it to go? And it's like, I, I would have kicked off. Mm-hmm. World championship or no world championship with your full bloody sleeve shirt on. Like, you could have said that was, it was before I made it all, right? All right, I'll put it in boxes then. So like, all right, great. Uh, the waitress says, Stone Cold, I sure am glad you didn't kiss Vince's ass on Raw. Austin says, don't worry, waitress. That's something I'll never do. Austin's never seen anything as pathetic as a regal. 
as our eagle <laughs> as, a, as a concept. <laughs> it made Austin stick to his stomach. I said stick then. Sick to his stomach. <laughs> Austin wants Rocket Vengeance, which, given they've teased it twice in SmackDown already, was an enormous indication that it was not going to happen. Austin says he's going to wrestle Angle first, and then Exposition Mania runs wild for a bit, as he bigs up Austin versus Rock being bigger than WrestleMania, quote, last year, this year, you big dummy. <laughs> Angle takes issue with Austin's promise, but also fights with the what chance, as only Angle can. Kurt Angle vows to make Austin tap out quicker than Gregory Hines on speed. Gregory Hines was an American dancer and actor. He's one of the most celebrated tap dancers of all time. As an actor, he was best known for Wolfen, the Cotton Club, White Knights, Running Scared, The Gregory Hines Show. You'd think that'd be first, really, wouldn't you? Playing Ben on Will and Grace and for voicing Big Bill on the Nick Jr. Channel animated TV program, Little Bill. Now, he's had a bit of a resurgence this year because <clears throat> he'd uh, won an Emmy and a SAG award for oh. the straight-to-TV movie Bojangles. Which is not get mentioned. No, but that's first but, bit of Wikipedia page. It's, it's, shocking that. No, it's you, when you go into the weeds, you go, This is why he was oh. the, this is why he was in the Zeitgeist in 01. I thought it was just part of the popular culture for tap dancing. I think he was, but this is why in particular he's getting a nod again. Yeah. He's back in the he's back in the mix. Angle definitely said, Oh yeah, buddy, I'll make you tap quicker than Mr. Bojangles on speed <laughs> one time. So I just gone, I can't do Bojangles again. You went on one of the equivalent to it, Wikipedia would have been back in the day. Ask Jeeves, the tap dancers, but oh, okay, Light that makes off. sense. He's got a resurgence then, great. And then uh, Angle goes, oh, yeah. Crowd, what? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, damn, yeah. What? Just, oh, damn, yeah. Being <laughs> such beautiful bad English from him. Angle gets a reaction from the crowd just by scowling at them yelling, what? Austin says, give me a hell, yeah, if you think Austin's a dummy. Just think, oh, Angle's a dummy, even. Crowd, hell, yeah. Angle says, give me a hell, yeah, if you think I'm beating Austin. Crowd, hell, no. Can I go, shut up. This was fun if you like Austin Angle doing Austin Angle things, because even at their weakest, they're still miles above most. But Austin has turned back to being faced by not kissing ass, and we're getting Vince versus Austin again. Mm. By 01, it was done like Jericho versus Benoit was done. It's also alarming. This is based around actual butt kissing. Yeah. Uh, which will continue <clears throat> for a while. What did you think of this opening bit, Tom? So, um... Austin's in this weird place between it's it's a bit like he's, he's like sort of like post breakup Steve Austin he's been a bad guy in a group for so long and like he's sort of finding himself as a single man again so he's not quite Austin of old not quite the Austin from the other week so like weird little inflections like a few times he referred to a Kurt Angle like you said or a Mr McMahon he's trying new things uh, what from this point on officially ruins all promos forever. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> don't, I don't think he knew. I think we've talked about it. I don't think he knew how much of a runaway hit what would be. Like, he had so many other irons in the fire that he was trying yeah. that what wasn't one that he thought would capture the, right. the imagination of people, and he ran with it, and, and now it ruins all bad promos. Um, this was his Oppenheimer moment, wasn't it? It really was. He now I become death. What? Destroyer yeah. of promos. What? I like the bit where Kurt Angle came out and he went, Earth to Stone Cold. And then Austin just went, come in, Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was very funny. Austin's very dry here. Um, yeah. Yeah, just has been a cracker barrel. He's been to cracker barrel. <laughs> I had a cracker. Another cracker. He's inaudible because he's so dry. <laughs> what? No, honestly, literally what? What are you saying? The waitress even come around and mop your brows. So he can't even drink sweat. No, I'll go. $20 for water. Um, 
lots of back and forth fun with Angle and Austin here to get us started. Mm. Uh, and it is a sign of the times in the sense that it is Austin turning back into a face and also a bit of a creative drought, like eating too many crackers hey. at Cracker Barrel. Uh, because we are, as you say, back to Austin versus McMahon and uh, a whole angle about kissing Vince's ass. Yeah. Yeah. Austin's going to get very angry in the next few months because creative really has nothing for him. And he had some very valid points. Very uh, valid points. I like that you said that. Well, he's, he feels like he's newly single Austin. So now I envision him like the start of Austin Powers 2. He says, great. Oh, no. Uh, Alliance, my only love. Dead forever. Oh, well, that means I'm single. And he starts <laughs> dancing in the nude world. Der. No, was it? Da, 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 da. What? What? Green beans. Crackers. Now that's not that's not being silly. It's be serious. His test. He's managed to pry himself away from the new Xbox game Cell Damage. <laughs> he loves Ooh. Cell Damage to do commentary and give us ear damage. He also reminds He's us having some damage of his own because the Ross report says this week Test is having muscle spasms in his back. Oh no. From that's carrying bad. the ally. Hey. <laughs> hey, it reminds us he has immunity and can't get fired for anything, which Randy Orton would also enjoy in 2007. <laughs> Test, however, has got the wrong end of the stick. He's been told he's got immunity, so he's asking people to go around and sneeze in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That means I'm single again. Test. This is a test. Playing cell damage. Lots of Halo. Xbox One bombed in Japan. Still sold more than GameCube. We were about that this week, weren't we? We had realised. Test mocks the SmackDown debut of the new team of Scott 2 Hottie and Albert. Uh, Tess says, can Albert move his head, please? I can't see the arena. <laughs> the Scotty Albert team making their debut. Yes. Do you know whose idea this was? Satan's. <laughs> Close. Scotty and Albert's. Fair enough. They've been mates for years. I think Scotty was 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 at Albert's first ever wrestling show and they just struck up, struck up a friendship. So they went to Vince when all this Alliance stuff was wrapping up and he said, look, both at a loose end. We want to be a tag team. Like, can Al like we want Albert to play the straight man, and I'll just be the silly one who's always dancing. And then eventually you get sort of Albert to join him with a dance. It's a big pop. And Vince was like, I like it, but just make Albert silly immediately. <laughs> so, I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah. not what happened. Oh, yeah, because oh, okay. they originally wanted it to build up to Albert eventually yeah. getting into the groove, but he just went, nah, to make him dance straight away. Yeah, I think that killed it. I think it killed it because it's Albert suddenly dancing. You're like, no, like we like it. We have our couple. The fucking main event storyline is based on an odd couple. Maybe Vince didn't want there to be an, another odd couple. Oh, there yes, Flair McMahon, this rivaled the only by Hottie and Albert. It's the same guy who's, <laughs> who said, sorry, Shane Helms, can you be Gregory Helms? Because we've already got a Shane and it's my son, Shane. And people will get confused. Also, Billy Kidman one, or Raven, one of you has to stop wearing jean shorts. Because another woman better tell the difference between the two of you. In fairness, fucking idiots. In fairness, <laughs> no one ever went broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public. Oh, uh, it's true. On Raw, test interfering Christian versus Edge, only for Hottie to run out because he's still mad about Survivor Series 2001, which no one appears to remember. Ha ha ha. Test is a heel because he says Christian is a hell of a guy with a hell of a body. That's just not true. <laughs> so it's Sky Do Hottie versus Christian for the European title, right? Here. And Cole remembers Test attacked Hottie at series. Well done, lad. It only took you two weeks to be told that fact. 
Tess says he did Hottie a favor, though, because Hottie was never winning that battle royal anyway. <laughs> Which is a valid point. It's He's good, him. True. Still mean, Is that though. a fire alarm? Uh, I believe it's a test, ironically. Uh, this is only a test. Uh, 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 uh. Christian tries to win via dirty pin early, but Albert manages to ignore the jokes about his giant head long enough to stop that. Test dunks Albert into the ring post, breaking it and ruining the night for the rest of the wrestlers. Uh, Hottie turns dumb and lands the worm on Test, who isn't in the match, which allows Christian to nail the Imprettier because he's wide open doing this move to retain the title. <laughs> this is all about Test versus Hottie, and it was wonderful because Test is a gamer and cool. <laughs> the team of Albert and Hottie would last until April 02, which I do not recall it lasting that long. Mm. I don't think they made that many TV appearances, but... Hey, uh, fair play to Scotty taking a fucking uh, going interview with Test, whose finisher is a big boot to your head, because he, Scotty is still seeing Doctor Lloyd Youngblood every couple of weeks uh, for his neck. One his dreams? Or? No, no, for his dream. I can dream about you. Reflecting like knuckles, so love him. He's still working and doing therapy three times a week on his neck. Is Scotty? At some point, he's going to need surgery, but not right now. Um, he doesn't want to be forgotten about at a crucial time, according to the Ross report. Yeah, the build-up to WrestleMania, God, right? What a time! And I, yeah. I, you know what? I get it because I've lived. I've, I've always, for most of my life, in terms of work, it's always been a case of like I'm tired, I'm broken, I'm hurt. I've worked with fucking Talk children. Uh, <laughs> but if I don't do this, then I'll lose out on opportunities. And I, it's only, it's only in my thirties where I've gone. Nah, they, I, they know what I do, and if they want me there, then they'll have me yep. there. You know, but it takes you a while to think oh, of, yeah. to get to that, and just go. If I say no to this. If, if, they, if they tell me to fuck off because I say no to this shift or this job, then it's not a job worth having. Yeah. <clears throat> Advice. Do, do that in your early years. Don't yes. be like me and wait till your 30s to figure that out. Yes. Listen to Tom. He's sensible. I'm not. He but... does good jokes. <laughs> uh, it's funny, though, because... Shafted McNasty. <laughs> Sometimes Tom does good jokes. The thing what you're saying there, like, uh, oh, it's a crucial time. They need me. I'm like, what, for a team with Albert? Yeah. You're <laughs> neck injuries <clears throat> for that. It's more a case that he wants to be seen. It's not that on this occasion he, he's needed. Um, it's more a case he doesn't want to get lost in the shuffle, especially when there's no other oh, wrestling. Oh, so post-alliance. And, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Well, in, in, in case <clears throat> it, it, that's exactly what would happen, bless him. But it reminds me of the story about Roadkill, when he didn't appear on TV in the way that they wanted him originally, WWE. But there was a lot of hype backstage, apparently, for him amongst the, the writers and people like vouching for him. So he was apparently, according to Bruce Pritchard, one of the scheduled opponents for The Undertaker one year. Really? Yeah. And then Roadkill was still injured from something, and then he basically fell out of favor while all this hype was going on for him, apparently backstage, uh, when he was dealing with a small injury, and his either he did a voicemail or responded to someone. I think it was a voicemail. His message was, like, if this is WWE... Um, if, if if this is about WrestleMania, I'm available. I'll come back for it. If it's not WrestleMania, then I'm still injured. <laughs> Which they were like, "Oh, that's a bit too honest, to me." So uh, yeah, that end up not happening. But. Bloody hell! I never knew that. My only story, the only story I knew of, and it's from Power Slam. It was Danny Doring and Roadkill getting a tryout match. Oh, I remember that. Yes, I think and the story being that they they were too good, and it annoyed the road agents. I don't know how much of that is exaggerated or how it's it's a vague recalling and there's probably more to it than that. No, I, I remember Do uh, Doring shooting a view where he talks about this. Um, Heyman, who's there, told them, like, blow them away. Do, like, 
Mm. You have like a four-star match or whatever the hell it was. And they proceeded to do like a bunch of tag team maneuvers. Like they did the buggy bang and they did the heart found, uh, heart attack and they did the doomsday device and they got lambasted when they went backstage. First of all, without staging it, it was a dark match. Yeah. It's not even any satellite feeds uh, that I know of. So, and they did all these crazy, crazy stuff before the proper show started. So it was like, what? And then they're also like, what are you doing double team maneuvers for? Especially like the Doomsday device. That's not your move. That's the Legion of Dooms. And like, to which Dorian replied, well, they're not on TV. <laughs> and neither's Brett and Anvil. Like, what, what do you mean? Those aren't your moves. How dare you? It's like, right. Um, and Heyman was like, oh, I can't believe you went out and outstaged people. It's like, oh, you oh. piece of shit. Read between Heyman's the lines. got a Heyman. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jeff and Lita meet backstage to moan about Matt, a.k.a. the only sane one. Matt appears and sees Lita talking to Jeff and is immediately suspicious. So he insists Jeff has a title opportunity tonight for them for vengeance. Jeff is knocked up and banged up, so he asks, oh, I mean, okay, who is it? Kane and Big Show. Matt is excited. Jeff ain't. I hate these. I've, I've started late, right? Until this story is done... I'm labeling Team Extreme as shit Hollyoaks in my notes. Yeah. These segments are fucking dreadful. These three are not in a position to carry this kind of story. And it's just, it's so tedious. So Jeff and Lita are talking about how much they're worried about Matt. And Matt's not there. But then as soon as Lita goes, but I'm worried about you, Jeff. Matt appears but, but like I'm, fucking... The, like I'm one putting of the... my hand next to you, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, Jeff, my friend. That means, okay? they're, that means they're shagging. Yeah. Obviously, to which Matt. Matt appears like the like the fucking um, Umpa Lumpa from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, just round the corner. It's Matt, and it's not it's, and it's not even fun, broken Matt. It's just like shit acting, Matt, and he's just passive aggressive. And this is not a bad concept, but these three do not have at this point in their careers the uh, the 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 the, the acting Kavorka to carry it off, and it's shit. I hate it. Hate this whole run with Hard is here. I know, I know what they're trying to do and I appreciate what they're trying to do. They just do not have the pedigree to carry it off. That's 
are my thoughts. Well said. Says Tom, oh. Tom, you know, sag after a famed actor. Ah, oh, join us at Epcot Centre for <laughs> Jeff and Matt Hardy. Do not get along, cause Lita looks at Jeff for a second and Matt goes, are you shagging? <laughs> wait, wait, what, what? Mickey, what are you doing? Oh, this is the new ITV drama, followed by Coronation. No, 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 this is, <laughs> this is not a bad soap opera that your mum watches. <laughs> are you kidding me? I would have sworn it was one of them. No, I no, it, it may was. appear that, Mickey, but no. Thank you for the free advert. Oh, you're not. You're welcome. <laughs> we will own everything in 20 years. It is fine. <laughs> Rock is on the cover of TV Guide. Ah, uh, I hope that's a collector's edition because he's not going to appear on that again, is he? No, not in the slightest. I don't know why he would be on the cover of TV yeah, Guide. Uh, Rock, Rock's a big deal. Rubble, 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 rubble. Black Adam isn't. Ugh. RVD talks to Vince backstage. Vince takes issue with being called Dude. Vince says he's asked RVD multiple times to join him, but he never has. It's okay. Vince doesn't hold a grudge. Unrelated. RVD. You have a title defense against The Undertaker at Vengeance. And RVD is like, nay, bother, lad. I'll just beat him up again, man. And Vince is pissed and tells her to get out of my office. I love how sort of true to life some of this is. and stuff yes. we've talked about where the creative and annoyed that Van Damme doesn't get angry. And so this is played out beautifully on TV. Van Damme going, Van Damme initially concerned, but you know processes it for about nine seconds, then goes, "Hey, it's all cool. Hey, I'll do what I did last week. I'll beat him again because I'm a Van Damme. Because like, I'm high as balls. High as fuck. And it's like, get out of there, bastard. <laughs> Back up, you bastard. I'll break your legs. Yeah, you didn't even bring me turkey like last week with Christian. Come on, man. <laughs> Great opportunity for Van Damme in there with Undertaker yeah. on a pay-per-view. Uh, you think that you think so mm. we'll see so it's like the idea of Christian or other wrestlers coming out with food and RVD's like oh I'll have that because I got the munchies and, and then, wait no that's what they do with Riddle nowadays and it's shit yeah. uh, Regal and Angle are hanging out like the lovely lads they are discussing the benefits of Yorkshire tea with Yorkshire milk <laughs> they spot Edge backstage and he reminds Regal that he kissed a man's ass so Edge gets whipped like a scalded dog where was JR for this? Uh, he's kind of asking for it, to be honest with you. I mean, what are you expecting? He really, literally had the strap there. Yeah. He, they, um, as that Regal and Angle walk up to Edge, Edge is on the phone. So then he has to end the call. Oh, he's not doing 1-800 collectors, he? Right. I don't know what he's doing, but I meticulously went to the effort of freeze-framing this scene and cross-examining what Edge is holding with phones of that era. My, my research, my pivotal research, says that Edge was using a Sony Ericsson A2618S, uh, which had a very basic Pac-Man clone on there called E-Maze, and you could turn the phone on its side and play Tetris. Thank you. E-Maze is what the Native Americans call it. <laughs> Canadians call it E-Rice. <laughs> Thank you, Mickey. Thank you, Geordie Mickey. Yeah, the the book, the book. Yeah, because no. Linda said we were all fat. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get Fraser on our channels. <laughs> Fraser and Rodney's gonna be shit. <laughs> I thought you meant Fraser. No, no, not Fraser. Not Fraser. Not our, not our Fraser. Fraser and channels went. Oh, you must be in Mr. No, Porter. not our, not our Fraser. Fraser. He's a big <clears throat> shortbread-eating bastard. From no, new- don't say that, Mick. <clears throat> no, I mean from the new Paramount sitcom, Fraser and Rodney. 
if it's not called Fraser Fraser and Ron. Oh, 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 the new Fraser series of Nicholas Lindhurstin. That's right. Yeah. I'm calling it Fraser and Rodney. I thought we were in 01. I got my. Oh, God. Oh, Fraser's on infinite assholes colliding. <laughs> <laughs> Multiverse of dick. <laughs> the box of the week. Sponsored by Xbox. <laughs> box of the week. RVD defends the hardcore title against Yvonne Dudley on Raw and wins a five star onto a chair. That was the box of the week. We ain't got much right now, but just you wait till Rareware signs up. It's your bastards. <laughs> P.S. Fuck Japan. Why does it say that? Oh. Wait, wait till Rareware signs up and we just empty out the entire box, all the stuff, and then just make new shit with, a new, with the box. Basically, Rare, Xbox buy, Microsoft buying Rare was like when you buy your cat a new toy and he just plays with the box yeah. it came in. <laughs> Everything else gets chucked out. It's okay, though. We've got Silicon Knights on the... Oh, never mind. <laughs> Two fun facts about this recap. Um, congratulations to Devon Dudley. He had a son this past week. Oh, in in the in the timeline. Almost seem in TNA. Yeah. And Jesus, yeah, we will. Fucking hell, I know, right? And this match on Raw was Devon Dudley's only singles title match in his WWF slash WWE career. Oh, that makes sense. The actually. only time he ever challenged for a singles title. Yeah, and it was this one against Rob Van Dam. Yeah, well, that's that, that makes sense. You're welcome. Oh, thank you for that. Bubba and the tomato of Dudleyville, Stacy, head out for a match with RVD. Oh, I guess it's only fair. Mm. Uh, Bubba pushes RVD off the top rope to the outside, so he slams on the guardrail because RVD loved that bump. Bubba, out of nowhere, delivers a released double underhook suplex. When the hell does he do that? Mm-hmm. RVD responds with Van Dominator with a chair, and that's the match. Get fucked. Anyway, here's full kit wanker Undertaker. <laughs> full kit wanker! Why is he called that? Because he's wearing a hoodie and a jacket and leather pants. He's wearing the jacket over the hoodie. It looks yes, really, he is. It's really weird. He's there to attack RVD slowly. The old bell end delivers the last <laughs> ride onto a bin. Undertaker cuts a pro belt while laying down next to RVD, probably because he's sweating to death with the <laughs> five layers. The baked potato says RVD has to learn hard knocks and will respect him at vengeance. And there is absolutely zero reaction to that from the crowd. Like, they forgot to press the fake crowd noise button. No, no, that's, that is actually noise they piped in, right? Because the crowd cheered Undertaker's offense. Oh. So they have to dampen it because they cheer Undertaker. <laughs> they haven't quite got he's a heel. We'll, we'll get the recap of why he's a heel later on. Yes, we, yes, we will do. They do a thing, uh, several episodes, where they put the video recap that you think should have been first out, like the first thing to open the show with yeah. like later on. And they reference stuff that happened on Raw, but they, they tell you about it later on. I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they didn't do it on this occasion. Uh, Undertaker uh, wanted to teach Van Damme respect, something that I think Booker T will be happy to have as well. Respect! Because uh-huh. this past weekend, uh, Booker T and Van Damme worked in Tulsa, and Booker T got a concussion when Van Damme hit with a Van Dammeator. Oh. On the same show, Stacey Keebler suffered a bruised hip during a, a spot that she worked in at Dudley's match. So it was a, a cursed show in Tulsa. Bruised hip for Stacey could be fatal. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Oh. I bet Jerry Law's like, I'll put cream on it. I'm yeah. sure he's a fucking monster. <laughs> he's a creep. He's such a creep. Yeah. Creeping on the down low. <laughs> Rick Flair is interviewed by Coachman and says he loves the idea of respect. So... How about one of these young books? No, not them. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, like, like Matt and Nick Jackson uh, jumping through the multiverse. Wrestles The Undertaker tonight. That's the bit. Yeah, so, so, so keep in book. mind that at this point in the show, Ric Flair has gone, open contract for anyone who wants to face The Undertaker. Go. 
keep that in mind. Yes. Kurt Angle is here to wrestle Edge and get his respect. All right, Uther Franklin, bloody hell. <laughs> You're obviously a clear fan of the newest OSW storyline. Cole remembers these two wrestled at King of the Ring and also used to be friends. How come Cole remembers six months ago? Bass be reminded what happened two weeks ago. <laughs> That's some selective memory. Kurt Angle catches Edge coming off the top and he teases a bear hug. Wow. Lola starts hyping Trish and makes Isaiah Cassidy noises. Yeah, sorry Edge versus Angle bores you, mate. They are notoriously <laughs> slow in the ring, in fairness. Go read Napakov. Napakov, the guy who wrote the leader. Feliz why Navidad. Why'd I, write, why'd I write that when I couldn't even believe pronounce it? Kurt Angle overheads Edge, and then Edge belly to belly's Ang. After some beautiful action, Regal heads out. As, Re- as a guy holds a sign that says, Have you had any green tea, Regal? What kind of insult is that? Green tea rules. Go drink mayo, you filthy yank. Doesn't the sign say Peagle? Oh, maybe. Oh, Green you know what? Regal must have walked Peagle. at the front of. Oh. Yeah, P isn't green. But I think I he. I guess means... if you go to Cracker Barrel on a weekly basis, <laughs> it is. I know it's brown if you're pissing brown. Um, I think. I think the, I'm not speaking for the, the the American that wrote the sign. But I think they put green tea as in like green tea is what you can drink. You can drink some green tea. The joke is calling him Peagle. Peagle, I have no issue with. Tea, Peagle. Yellow tea, Peagle. Yellow tea, because he loves because he loves fluids so much. (laughs) He loves man asses and other people's man asses and other fluids. Yes, time for Peagle to join the drink my piss club. Like Bullet Club, they've got all these little subgroups. <laughs> I'm now thinking of the Drink My Piss Club with the, the Bullet Club styling. <laughs> Nobody drink, make drink, that. Drink my piss. Nobody my make piss. that ever. My piss is too sweet. <laughs> Did you see Bored Sting during this match? Bored Sting? There's a guy in the crowd with Sting face paint on. He looks like he can't be <laughs> fucked to be there. <laughs> Just to the right hand like side. Like the real Sting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the actual sting, Tom. We don't know about. But the problem is, he's done his not the problem. He's done his sting paint not quite right, so it almost looks like Danhausen. <laughs> but in two thousand and one, that's very sad to say. Oh, board sting. Anyway. I like to start. Sorry, I'm lost in the thought of the idea of real sting showing up doing a deliberately bad makeup job, and people go, "Oh, nice dress as sting." Yeah, thanks. <laughs> like, it's just thank like, you. He's doing undercover work, doing a recce. <laughs> and every time someone gets hit in the ring, he goes, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> he does the film screen to keep people off the off the scent. Anyway. Regal puts Angle's foot on the rope after a pinfall following a spear attempt by Edge. So Edge dunks Angle into Regal. But as Edge heads back in, Regal spikes him with the bloody brass knuckles, bloody hell, allowing Angle to angle slam Edge to win as Edge is holding his poor ribs. Is this the start of this long-ass feud? That feud lasted forever, lasting almost as long as a lifetime guarantee you get with lugs. You <laughs> see Tom going on. A lug is for life and not just for Christmas. Or pissmas, as William Regal calls it. <laughs> the boot of the week is Trish versus Stacey. Stacey, I Stacey. swear to God, if I get more than three hours sleep, I can speak English. In a lingerie strip match. It's a bra, panties, and lugs match. Yeah, it was a lingerie strip, or whatever. Bra and panties. Tits and ass match. It was, yeah, bra and lingerie. Look at all the dangly bits match on Raw. Lugs, put them on your ears during Lola's commentary. <laughs> Lugs, 
in the bra and panties and lugs match, you cheer when the bra comes off, you cheer when the panties come off, you boo when the lugs come off. <laughs> Put the boots on. Put the boots to it. No, that's no. not what we said. Put the boots on. Keep. You can keep your lugs on. <laughs> Let me take off your lugs. Fuck off. <laughs> I'll break your leg. Get your hands off my lugs. <laughs> Remember, don't touch another person's lugs without consent. Them. Yes, thank you. <laughs> This has been a PSA from the Lugs of America. <laughs> what did you think of this Lugo match? is wago if you're a teen. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pug your lug. There wasn't, there wasn't, permission there wasn't really a match to think about because that was a repeat from Raw. Uh, Trish comes out to defend her title, but she didn't get to unless Vince McMahon is the mystery opponent for the next segment. Which is now. Say again. You asked what I think of the match. Yeah. And I said it was just highlights from a match on Raw. No. Oh, oh, Edge and Angle. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was great. I thought oh, the, I thought we were about the Brown Panties match. What are you thinking of? Epic encounter. I was like, no, Angle and Edge is brilliant. Like they got wonderful chemistry. Punk Joe. And it'll only get better. Hackett Schmidt Gotch. <laughs> Trish Stacy. Trish Lugs Stacy. <laughs> Keep your lugs on. Fantastic. Uh, here's Vince. Trish is already in the ring. That's right. And sure enough, here's Trish with a women's title and a complete lack of respect from Lawler. I'll put his Vince, then just, oh no, oh no. Crowd chants, asshole. And Vince reacts with, nonetheless. Vince talks about the good times him and Trish have had together and how hot she is and how he's a big creep around women. Vince demands she gets on her knees and teases... Uh, it's not the first time. The crowd audio has clearly been edited as there's obviously loud cheers from the pervs and Lawler mm -hmm. as Vince unzips himself. Thank Christ, The Rock shows up. Rock demands Vince leaves his pants down. Oh, no. Rock makes Vince walk with his pants down in the middle of the ring. He does the little thing that the old Jewish man does in The Simpsons. <laughs> just, oh, great man, ain't what you used to be. Ain't what you used to be. Rock says he wants him in the middle of the ring because The Rock says he saw lots of cornfields on the way to the arena. But don't worry, Rock's not going to stick corn up your ass, you weirdo. It's like, well, you're the one who talks about it every week. <laughs> I love how Rock went, hey, some corn pop up your bottom. I'm not going to do that. No, why would you think that? Uh, is, it, is he one of those guys that just was testing the water? I might pop up your bum. No, 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 I was only joking. No, survey oh. says, oh, no. Not, not sharing our shaft tonight. <laughs> Uh, the Rock says he wanted Vince to feel the same embarrassment he feels every time he does this to somebody. So then he gives a rock bottom to pantsless Vince. <laughs> so then, while he's down, Jericho chair shots Rock, which allows Vince to recover very quickly, I thought, for a rock bottom, and low blow the Rock, so Jericho can land the crappy people's elbow with the chair, which makes absolutely no connection whatsoever to the Rock, but whatever, it's, it wrestling's fake. Jericho reminds Rock that he's a bigger star than him, as Rock is somehow bleeding from the cheek from that shitty fucking uh, chair. RVD must have been sparring backstage during the segment to have cut Rock open during this. Uh, these arse-kissing bits aren't doing it for me. Call me an old stuck-in-the-mud. No, it was a very uncomfortable segment all yes. the way around. Very uncomfortable. And uh, the, the Rock's somewhat saving it, but then getting beaten up. And uh, it's, it's the whole... It's, it's a, there's a creative drought in WWE. 
Caused by too many crackers in Cracker Barrel. Um, Michael Cole reminds us that Jericho is now calling himself the living legend. Do you know who took umbrage with this? Ah, uh, yes, Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco took umbrage with this. Took Dolores umbrage. He stole it from Bruno Smartino <laughs> first. And, and hey, and I stole it from him, so you can steal it from me. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So Larry, so a lawsuit landing on the desk of WWF soon <laughs> from Larry Zabisco. <laughs> Leisure on top Island. of all the other lawsuits they got. Leisure Island Larry's brother. Le lawsuit <laughs> Island Larry. Leisure, le lawsuit suit. Lawsuit Le Larry, Leisure suit, suit Larry. Leisure suit Larry. Lawsuit Larry. Oh, it was Leisure suit, wasn't it? I put Leisure Island Larry. Yeah, Leisure... That's not right, is it? It's Leisure... not a Lego set. You, na <laughs> you nailed it by calling it le Leisure suit. It was show. Pirate Larry, Spaceship Larry. <laughs> Leisure Island Larry. Fucking hell. <laughs> Kate and Big Show were here to wrestle the Hardys. Shit Hollyoaks. I guess because Undertaker can't team up uh, with... Sorry, Kane can't team up with Undertaker because he's evil and goth now. So he's been given another lump to carry. He's had so many ugly lumps to deal with. Kane resembles Baron Harkonnen from June. <laughs> Look. If you get that, that's all right. If you don't, fuck off. Kane had a choice of a tag team partner between the Big Show and a plate of mashed potato. <laughs> <laughs> decided to go a big show she was going to carry it everywhere <laughs> so the story of the match is Jeff is not clear to wrestle but they've put him against these two big lads anyway well like Arvidi's pissed this story is evergreen <laughs> Mr. Sorry, Beagle <laughs> the boys get slammed while Cole tries to call the match as Lawler talks over him to get his daft lines in and talks about tits I can read women like a book but I prefer the braille edition oh gropey monster why would he say that after the segment we just had with Trish or whatever the Hardys use their high flying to take down Kane who is willing Big Show suplexes both of them at once because he's not willing but then he runs and splats outside crushing the Teutonic plates and causing earthquakes in India while the referee rings emergency services leader Frankenstein is Kane but ends up getting dunked outside in a brutal bump and then Kane stops Jeff mid-springboard with a punch. And then just pins him like that. Uh, this did its job of putting Kane and show over, while the Hardys look gracious in defeat for once, rather than just getting jobbed the fuck out. That'll happen later on. Uh, what did you think of this? It was fine. Serviceable. I thought Kane, Big Show, and the Hardys worked quite well. Uh, I knew Hardys weren't winning, because uh, I know where we're going. And, of course, it was due to hilarious miscommunication with shit Hollyoaks uh, that led to Big Show and Kane galvanizing as a tag team. Oh, we're getting Dudleys versus Big Show and Kane at Vengeance. Oh, be still, my beating uterus. <laughs> what a time we're entering. Just yeah. such a creative drought. I think they said, uh, Bruce has said there's many, 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 many podcasts that I used to listen to way too much, that whenever they put Big Show and Kane together, that was their way of saying, yeah, we don't know what to do with them right now. <laughs> Just make them friends again. And it, which is sad, because they were together a lot. lot. <laughs> Backstage, oh sorry, Vengeance is in 10 days and can be watched at WF New York or also anywhere else. <laughs> no, only at WWF New York. They have a faster connection. But that's the selling point. They're coming to New York. Not the green beans, what? The cards of cops, what? <laughs> Hardcore the, holly fries, yeah, what? The pots of dry biscuits. Don't get sued, don't get sued, don't get sued. <laughs> And Panda Pops. Oh, no, get rid of them. We can't have them. <laughs> Who put that there? I guarantee there are no Panda Pops in the offices in Stanford. Bamboo. That's not even edible <laughs> for human beings. Bamboo! We're just asking to be sued. 
Let's cut live to WWF New York. And this alcoholy. Fucking hate the alliance. Crunch, crunch, crunch. It's finished, mate. Watch at those sexless bears of all the fun. <laughs> I'm hardcore. Those sexless bears. I heard there's protein in this. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> Matt, please. We also we also get our second ever drowning pool song for the WWF. Oh, this is uh, under, that sinner, right? Understand, I'm a sinner. That's it. So they're, they're 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 fast becoming the WWF's favorite band. Yeah, and it would last years after people stop giving a fuck about them. Mm-hmm. Good for them. And they perform at WrestleMania next year. Twice. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah, there's an uncovered memory. Oh, there Tearing we go. Tearing away, and they do their own version of the game. Yeah. I am the game. That's the, that's the Motorhead version. The game, no, no, no. In the game, you know I'm pretty. Yeah, right. In the game, you know I'm But Drowning Pool also, in a much less recorded fashion, because no one knew that version, because it's from Possible Entry, the CD. Mm-hmm. They also got their version wrong a lot, lyric-wise. <laughs> but no one seemed to care that much, because who gives a fuck about... I actually like, remember that song. Time hey. to play the game! Here comes the, the game. game. Hey. Hey. Here comes Here the comes game. Alex. Oh, no, no. It kind of hard. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Matt blames Jeff for his stupid decisions being responsible for Lita getting hurt. <laughs> Jeff can't wait to do what he wants to do to him and then walks off. And Michael Cole, in a hilarious redub, just says, Did I hear that right? Jeff versus Matt at Vengeance. No, that's not what they said no. at all. They, they, they bungle this completely. They fucked this the fuck up. And then Michael Cole had to do a little line in there just to say, this is the story they were telling. Shit, Hollyoaks, get out. Hate this. What's that? <laughs> Jeff's fallen down a well. <laughs> Fucking I wish he did. Lola also clarifies that he may have thought Vince's ask us a bit early was funny at first, but then it stopped being funny. <laughs> Oh, this tiny bit was clearly recorded during the break, as we've seen the satellite feeds, as someone yelled at Lawler, Don't laugh at this! <laughs> this isn't the bit you're supposed to be laughing at! <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, it's like you never left. Yeah. We get a recap of even more Ask Us and Bits from Raw. Again, this is the recap that we should have seen earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince sees JR laughing <clears throat> at Vince's ass, so Vince makes Kurt make JR kiss his ass. But Undertaker interrupts to stop this from happening and asks JR if he was going to do it. JR says, no, there's no barbecue sauce. Oh, says Undertaker, so you're better than me? Because I like kissing Vince's ass. Undertaker then shoves JR's face into Vince's ass to officially turn heel as the entire main event scene now revolves around Vince's ass like an ugly planet. (laughs) (laughs) I take, okay, I know that's an Undertaker heel somehow. Uh, but the, the way they did it on Raw, and I remember it because Undertaker came out and went, oh, stop this for a second. When we talk about people kissing your ass, Vince, the one person that's kissed your ass more than anyone is me. Now, JR, were you going to kiss his ass? Yeah. And JR went, hell no. And Undertaker went, does that mean you're better than me? To which JR should have gone, no, I'm not. I also show far too much pandering respect to the boss, but I'm not one for physically, literally kissing his ass. Pandering? Like, no, oh, oh, no, don't interrupt. Shit. Don't interrupt, how cold. WWE-ing. Um, yeah, so to which he said, what, what, what do you mean? I said, Jim Ross would have gone, well, did you literally kiss his ass? Or metaphorically? I said, well, metaphorically, obviously. 
So Jay, I said, well, therefore, I have metaphorically kissed his ass as much as you have. But I wasn't going to literally kiss his ass. And so, therefore, you saying, am I better than you for not wanting to literally kiss him? Do you want to kiss it? Do you want to kiss it? Are you going to literally kiss his ass? No. Well, you're going to metaphorically? Yeah. That was the, it was the difference there that annoyed me. Like, unless Undertaker has secretly been asking Vince to drop his trousers and give him a little peck on the bot bot. I don't know what Undertaker's talking about. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit convoluted to say the least. They, the, uh, the, it's the, it, they've lo they got lost in the metaphor there. Do you yeah. count your chickens before they're hatched? No, I don't. Does that make you better than me? <laughs> no, because I don't. There's literally and metaphorically they're different. Undertaker's just badly written. Uh, <laughs> He's a badly drawn just boy. Gone. Shut up, Jr. You, you Oklahoma, and shoved his face <laughs> in his ass. <laughs> Uh, look at him. I'm uh, a bad guy now. Bang. Look, he kissed his ass. Uh, uh, literally and metaphorically. Uh, no, just, this is literal. Okay. Uh. Anyway, here's Taz talking to Flair. They woo together, and that's it. No! It, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. If it's Taz, shouldn't he yell, we? <laughs> As funny. I think I'll that's not it. I was super busy typing that to notice yeah. the thing. Go on. Taz... Walks up to Flair and goes, hey, I heard you need someone to fight The Undertaker tonight. And that's going to be me. To which Flair's like, I love it. Taz versus The Undertaker, I love it. Woo! And Taz looks a bit weird about it. So Flair gives another woo, and then Taz gives a woo to supplant him as a baby face and the guy that's going to fucking fight The Undertaker. Go on, lad! Yeah. My issue with this, and I mentioned this earlier, was it's been about 45 minutes since Flair went, I need someone to fight The Undertaker. Only now has one of the roster come up and gone, I'll have him. All of you, gutless fucking cowards. Gutless fucking cowards. Not one of you went, I'll have, I'll have Undertaker. Tom, he's, he's so tough and old. <laughs> he's like a great whiskey and a shit wrestler right now. We're going to go, look, look. He's had some all right encounters, but this is when we're going to, his, his quality's going to nosedive quite badly. So I'm going to intrigued to, to hear how we take the next segment. Because I think I don't know whether our opinions will differ. Oh, oh, don't worry. I'm intrigued. Uh, the Noracle Close Shave presents Undertaker attacking <laughs> RVD. Okay, I even think of a joke for that. Well, it was a close shave, wasn't it? Because Van Dam didn't give Undertaker a concussion at any point. Because <laughs> what? He said a close shave. Oh. Oh, oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other interpretation of close shave. I took it very little. <laughs> Does that make you better than me? I thought I would even shave Undertaker. <laughs> Oh, so it's Taz versus Undertaker now. Yeah. Oh, footlocker. Footlocker. <laughs> footlocker. Are you having a stroke, mate? <laughs> if I don't get enough sleep, my ability to read and speak uh, just disappears. Footlocker, Truth, and Xbox are three things bigger than Taz. <laughs> I think if I'd nailed that the first time. Footlocker. Taz should have shown and goes, you can't even speak, you fucking idiot. I'm small. <laughs> Undertaker versus Taz is actually surprisingly competitive, with Taz getting some shots in and a pinfall attempt, which is a lot more than I thought it was going to get. Taz gets crotched and choked. What a way to spend a Thursday night, eh, cool? <laughs> Taz then amazingly reverses the old school by dumping Undertaker off the top rope. I put, what? Mm -hmm. Then the Taz mission gets locked in. What? Undertaker rolls out the ring, but Taz holds on. What is going on? <laughs> Undertaker eventually slams him in the guardrail and then chokeslams into oblivion and then naturally pins him. Let's not shit ourselves here. But this was way, way better than I thought it would be. So Undertaker's a heel, so he'll sell now? Hell yeah, Undertaker. I always liked you. Undertaker then drops some steel steps on Taz because he's a bug. <laughs> I, 
yeah. I'm like, wait, where's this version of Taz that yeah. we first joined WWF? This was Taz's best segment ever in the WWF. Yeah. He looked like he gave it fucking socks against The Undertaker. Undertaker made Taz look like a fucking killer at points. The best part was, as you beautifully described, the Taz mission after the old school was countered. And Undertaker rolls to the outside and Taz keeps it fucking on. I don't remember this match. Spoiler. I thought, oh my God, give us a double count out. We'll take that. What a great result. Oh my God. This Taz is amazing. Like we laugh at Taz a lot and we have laughed at Taz a lot during this. But seriously, when you when you present him in the right way with the right people, you've got a fucking star on your hands. A character like that, just a, you know, a short bollard of a man with with enough wrestling acumen that doesn't matter what, how big you are, you'll fucking have your life. It's brilliant. Last week was good because we had the Taz mission on Big Show that he was only actually beaten because Big Show collapsed backwards. Yeah. That was good. This was great. Keep this momentum up with Taz, I beg you. In a weird twist, though, and I don't know what the point is, so if you go onto the network and you want to watch this episode, the thumbnail for this show is Taz in the Tree of Woe during this match. The thumbnail is Taz upside so down. I don't know. Of all the things that happened in this episode, why have you gone with a picture of Taz upside down? Yeah. The Wrestling Observer say Undertaker got backstage praise for having the match with Taz go almost five minutes instead of a usual Taz squash and selling the choke to not bury him like they've been doing for their own amusement. Which is true. So, praise from who? Taz. <laughs> no, praise from other people. It's it. We say, hit me here, backstage praise. You imagine you come back and it's just like, congratulations. Yay. Yay. Four minutes, 30 with Taz. Go on, lads. Go on, hey. King of the road. <laughs> King of the mountain. Right, the, old, the old mountain. And now, our main event of Austin versus Regal. The four corner strap match. Uh, Austin's Austin, so he doesn't wait for the strap to be applied. That's just rude. Austin brawls a regal in the crowd before Willie is able to batter him and lock the strap in and immediately gets thrust in the ring post as a result. Womp, womp. Womp, womp. Austin drinks beers and toasts with the ref. <laughs> it's a nice bit. Austin attempts to power drive regal, but he takes a backdrop on the hard announced table, which doesn't break. Ow. Regal gets two corners before getting low blowed. Regal gets wrapped like a stuck turkey and dragged along, but he's on the Atkins, so Austin can't <laughs> drag him to the third corner. Cole says Regal has had loads of these matches because he grew up on the streets of Blackpool. Oh, yeah, there's, uh, loads, of them. there's loads of them. Every week before the Sid James set. Yeah, they do fucking... He talked about it in his podcast. Strap matches. Yeah, I remember what he said. What did he say, Tub? Well, yeah, strap matches were very popular when I was growing up in Blackpool. There was this particular street, and uh, I remember this street because... <laughs> It uh, it had <laughs> it had markings on it where the the where the, the the road cleaner had marked it by scratching against the like the road cleaners there were oh I remember all of them there was one called Jeff and there was one called Daniel and there was a road cleaner called Paul uh, Paul was a very funny man he came to oh shut up lizards Paul was a very funny man he came to my bloody leaving party when I moved to America and he brought this uh, he brought me a toaster and uh, as I've said to you before Matt uh, you know how in terms of toast. I like it when it's just a brown, but not too brown. You know, just enough bit of butter on the top. And uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mr. Regal, but uh, uh, <laughs> it's Wednesday. Your, your your rant has gone on so long that the podcast has been cancelled. <laughs> Thanks, all. Before we finish the podcast, it's me. You want to talk about CM Punk? Oh bloody hell! 
Yeah, so that's Regal's memories of strap matches in Blackpool. That'll be Matt Cage's next guest. He's interviewed all these other podcast people. He's going to interview the lizards. <laughs> well, I had this fly once and... Uh, oh, yeah, the are all like Regal. <laughs> <laughs> So they're the only human they've ever known. Yeah. So they have to they have to ate what they see. Or listen what they see. They give me some advice. Look, when you go on the podcast, make sure it's <laughs> eight minutes for any question. Make sure you go around as many fucking houses as possible. Even if one of the questions is excuse me, eight minute answers. All right. You're like a delivery you're like an Amazon driver. You have to make sure you go around all the houses. You should sound like Excalibur when he does his uh, announcement of all the matches coming up, but at normal speed. <laughs> Uh, Use as many words as you can. Yeah, so the Blackpool headliner himself. Uh, Austin gets three <laughs> corners, then stuns Regal to get the fourth. Yeah, Yay! Uh, yes. Kurt Angle then ambushes him, so Edge follows and ambushes Regal, and Cole is like, well, vengeance is in ten days. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> vengeance is in ten days, go fuck your mother. All right, cheers, Cole. Okay, a few bits on that. Um... I liked Austin hog-tying William Regal. Yes. That was funny. Like a, like a stuck pig. Uh, the angle running was good uh, at the end. And because Edge came out as well, because Edge got wronged by Angle earlier. That's and right. then we had a, a very unusual ending to Raw, which was uh, Edge and Angle together in the ring, squaring off against the heels. Mm. And it kind of felt like Edge being elevated to main event status. Mm. Uh, from the rest of the, sorry, from the Ross report, uh, William Regal needs surgery on his nose, you'll be surprised to hear, oh, because it, you know, it falls off every 10 minutes. Um, and he's going he's to be going to get it in a few weeks. Once he does, he'll be out of action for just under a month. Uh, no date yet official for the surgery, uh, but he's probably going to wait until after Vengeance to go and do it. He'll still be appearing on telly after the surgery, but with limited roles physically and certainly not wrestling until probably the new year. This is after the pay-per-view. Oh, I was going to say directly after. Yeah, because he has that long feud with Edge. Oh, so that might actually be the feud, start of the feud of Edge if he has t time off. Yeah, so he'll take some time away and uh, get his nose all sorted, and then he'll be back to feud with Edge. And Rob Van Dam as well. I believe we squeeze a Rob Van Dam feud in there too. No, it's Edge for like four months. Well, don't we get don't we get Rob Van Dam and Regal at WrestleMania X Eight? That's right, and it was supposed to be them having a fourth match, and someone said, "For love of God, no!" <laughs> That's right. Then. Oh yeah, that amazing. Stop them wrestling. Yeah, the Regal Regal RVD quality and whatever. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania X Eight is mostly gash. Um, it really is. I can't wait. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, this episode was it was it was interesting. Because it felt like a lot of uh, spinning the wheels. Yeah, we're, we are we are spinning the wheels for a while now. And this is not the post-invasion malaise in the WWF. Uh, a real a drought of ideas. I've used that word again. Uh, a drought of ideas. A drought of creative. And it won't really alleviate for a while now. We're kind of we'll have some new faces turning up. Uh, there's the usual sort of big push hype around the Rumble which is always good. But yeah, it's a really weird point in WWF right now. And it's interesting because it was such a weird time that there's loads of stuff that I don't remember happening. Yep. Which will bring us to, what did you remember? What did you forget? This week? Oh, look, that's a great segue. We're a professional. I know, right? What do you remember? read his own words without mispronouncing them. <laughs> freak. Uh, to show how unremarkable this episode was, I remember the Hardys losing to Big Show and Kane. <laughs> Because I was like, ooh, a new tag team. And I, I like that, which is funny because I think about it. Also in this episode was another new team, Hottie and Albert, but I didn't <laughs> like them. 
But you remember the ones that you like? Yes. I like it. Big Show and Game Teaming Up is like, wow. Because <laughs> it's also Big Show's fourth, third or fourth new partner. This year he's had Billy Gunn, Tajiri, Spike Dudley, Spike Dudley and now Kane. He's a massive whore. He just gets, he like, heel turns in new tag partners. Uh, like Big Show just can't get enough of them. Yeah. And dinners. Gets more ass than the toilet seat. <laughs> That's the thing I remembered. Uh, what about you? I remembered Vincent Mann's rock, trousered rock bottom. Uh, because I remember, even as a youngster, the segment feeling really uncomfortable. <laughs> and feeling like, oh, good, The Rock gave him a rock bottom. But then Vince ended up winning in the end. Because he always does. Um, I remember that. Yeah, I definitely remember Rock getting giving Vince a rock bottom with his trousers around his ankles. <laughs> It's a tough move to make. Take. I'm sorry that that's the thing you remember. What do you forget? Taz versus Undertaker. Same as me. I'll oh. say it as well. Fucking yeah. Undertaker giving Taz the fucking shine. And it's weird. He makes Taz look really good in... What, it was only five minutes? God, wow. Four minutes 30, apparently. God. Well, he's only little. But <laughs> he has RVD at the pay-per-view. And you're like, okay, great. If he does the same there, eh, eh, eh. See, I can't remember that match so well. So maybe fresh eyes. I'm not being angry it. about it. But that, oh. that 01 attitude towards things that I didn't like, that has still changed where I get mad at it. <laughs> ah, but Tom, what another bloody lovely week would be What so. another scrummy, scrummy week uh, on the Cold Tolic Classic Smackdown review pal. Yeah. Uh, Forbidden Door this weekend. It is. Live reactions with Fraser and myself tomorrow night. Come say hi. Hello. I'm watching Forbidden Door. It is North Wrestling. Welcome to Thunder Road. <laughs> Greetings from Thunder Road tonight. At, uh, it might actually be Thunder given the weather as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's been all over the shop. Yeah, come see us at Anarchy Brewery in Newcastle tonight. Ooh. I believe there's still a couple of tickets left. Not many, though. It might all be, you know, there's a good chance we record this on Thursday. They might all be gone by now. Uh, but Bring come us some by. lugs or an original Xbox and we'll sort you out. Yeah, yeah, do it. It'd be fine. Uh, all your favourites from North Wrestling, plus uh, new friends to North Wrestling, fucking Shigeru Iri is coming to North. You mean Jay from OSW? Jay from Ha <laughs> It is, isn't it? You've never seen them together. Incredible. Uh, Hyan's making her debut as well. She's in a, a banger of a match uh, that also features Chantel Jordan Ooh. and uh, Eve Bateman and Natalie Sykes. They're going to have a banger. Bring that noise. Bloody hell. It's going to be a great night at North. We've got Boisterous Behaviour oh, and uh, Liam Slater. Oh, he's good. Uh, versus the bad boy Jim Gang. Gene Money and Kid Like Us and Kid Like Us too. They're bad lads. They're all they're bad lads. at the same time. Amir Jordan versus Michael Oku, which I don't believe we've ever had before. I don't think that's they have. a thing that's happening. Let's pretend no one Googles and let's, calls us wrong. Let's, I don't think they've It's had never it. been as good as it's going to be. Exactamundo. We'll see you at North if you're coming along. And then watch, watch Forbidden Door with us on Sunday night as well. Uh, Danielson Okada, uh, shoot that in my veins. What have you got coming up? Plug some stuff. Probably some sleep. Some, some good oh, sleeps. We finished reading Bret Hart's book. Wow. Yes, and so I asked the lovely Twitch chat, what should we read now, which wrestles autobiography, and they voted OJ Simpson if I did it. Oh, my God. That famous wrestler, OJ yes. Simpson. He was at WrestleMania 12, very briefly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there'll be new Botchmania by the time you are on YouTube or just existing as a concept. Ah. So much stuff to do. I've only been born with more hands <laughs> nice and ears. But don't worry, schedule all that. You'll fit it in somehow. Isn't wrestling great? Yes, it is. 
YouTube.com forward slash Botchamania. No, just, just Google it. Just Google Botchamania. You'll do fine. And for the latest wrestling news, of course, it's ColtHolly.com throughout the week. And until we're next together, he's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. So, <laughs> we're at Holly on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. How is your green tea, Mr. Peagle? I'll tell you what, I'll drink piss after eating all these cracker balls. <laughs> Jesus, Tom. <laughs> Tom works himself into a shoot in a cracker barrel. <laughs> Put myself into a cracker barrel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 